0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. All right. In today's episode, we answered four fitness and health questions that were asked by our audience. But we opened the episode with a current events intro. So that's 54 minutes long. After that 54-minute intro where we talk about current events and studies and talk about what happened in our lives, then we got to answering the question. So here's what went down in today's episode. We opened up by talking about how sometimes getting smaller makes you look bigger. So all you guys, especially guys out there trying to look bigger and you know more muscular, sometimes you just got to get smaller to do that. Then we talked about Jake Paul, the ultimate social media troll. Justin talked about his skiing weekend. We talked about dry and oily skin and how Caldera Serum balances them both out. So this is an incredible product. You put it on your skin, dry skin, moderate skin, mixed, oily, doesn't matter. Balances it out, makes you look really good. It's all natural. Go check them out. Head over to mindpumppartners.com. Click on Caldera Lab. Use the code Pump and get 20% off your first order. I talked about how I visited my friend, my friend, Christina Rice for her book release. So proud of her. She's kicking ass over there. We talked about uh, somebody on social media, trying to poke fun at our friend, Max Lugavere. Big mistake. Don't mess with our people. Then we talked about uh, the interview Joe Rogan had with Jordan Peterson. Great interview. And then we talked about how it looks like people are going after Joe Rogan. That's another big mistake. We talked about the Canadian trucker protest that seems to be blacked out by the media right now. It's incredible. We talked about the next crisis, right? So fear from the pandemic is kind of waning. What are they going to get us all scared about next? I talked about how in the movie Fight Club, China released it but had to change the ending so that they could show their people. Um, I talked about how red light therapy reduces acne. By the way, if you want to get red light therapy for your home, the best company is Juve. Okay, So most companies give you kind of a crappy product. It's not as effective as the ones you'll see in salons, or skincare centers, Juve is different. This is the real deal, it's commercial grade. You get it in your house, it really works for your skin for many different things, including the reduction of acne, which is something I just learned about. Go check them out, head over to mindpumppartners.com, find Juve, J-O-O-V-V, click on it. And then if you want a discount, use the code Mind Pump for $50 off your first purchase. Then we talked about Scottie Pippen and the crappies talking about Michael Jordan. Uh, and that's it. Then we got to the questions, so here's the first one that we answered. First question, this person wants to know how to progress using just body weight and, and continue to make gains. The second question, this person wants to know the pros and cons of using a lifting belt. The third question, this person wants to know how much protein powder they should use every day. And the fourth question, this person wants to know what we think about stretching before and after workouts. Also, all month long, it's February. We got a new promotion going on right now, Two MAPS programs are 50% off. So MAPS Performance, this program is all about training to look like an athlete and move like an athlete. So if you like functional exercise, if you like to move laterally, if you like to rotate, be explosive, but you also want to look like you can move that way, MAPS Performance is the program for you. That one's 50% off. You can find it at mapsgreen.com. Use the code February, excuse me, Feb. 50, feb five zero for that discount. Also, MAPS Aesthetic is on sale. This is a bodybuilder-inspired MAPS program. This one's all about balance and symmetry, aesthetics. You want to look muscular. You want to have nice shoulders, arms, glutes, hamstrings, and back. It's one of our most popular programs. That one's also 50% off. You can find that one at mapsblack.com. Again, the code for 50% off with that one is F-E-B-50, for that discount. Do you want to look bigger? Sometimes you have to get smaller to look bigger. Is that what you uh, tell the ladies? Yeah. Justin? <laughs> what? Is that what you tell the ladies? No, you know what? This is We got to talk about this because uh, I know as a kid, I was obviously I was skinny, always trying to bulk all the time, trying to get big. And the first time I actually got really lean because I didn't get lean, lean, lean for a long time. because I just, I didn't want to lose any weight on the scales. So like super insecure about that, right? So, I think I was in my 20s and it was the first time I got below 10% body fat. And of course, my weight on the scale was lighter because I'm leaner. And it was the first time, one of the first times people actually approached me in the gym was like, oh my gosh, you look so huge. You're huge. And then I realized it's because I'm leaner and mm. I have more definition that I look a lot bigger. And uh, it's funny, right? So to look bigger. You'd
1: never think that. I mean, I would never think that. Yeah. You know, all I, My entire goal was just always get big, get big. To tell me that, like, to, to cut down, it, it was not going to
2: happen. Yeah, I know you had a similar experience. Well, it, that- exact same. The The funny part about it is how driven we are by our insecurity to look this certain way. Totally. In, in search of, uh, you know, our peers telling us. How great we look, or how buff, or how big we look, and then the the first time that you decide to go in this cut of shrinking down, getting leaner, getting smaller, you get the most uh, oh my god, you look big compliments yes. than I had in my entire life. So that was the irony in it was I spent at least uh, a, a decade of bulking consistently and never cutting to finally go on like okay, well let's see what happens when I lean out, and then all the you get and my by by the way too. I I vividly remember um, when I was going through that phase, even though I was getting those compliments, inside my head I still felt smaller, and I still had a. I struggled with the insecurity of not filling my shirts out right. As you lean out, I start mm. to look like a coat hanger in my XL shirts. Sure. And so I remember that messing with my head, going like, "Oh my God, I'm getting smaller and smaller." But then people were telling me, "Oh my God, you look!" So I big. literally,
0: I literally had people come up to me in the gym. This is what blew me away: is they would come up to me and say, "Man, you put on some serious size." Yeah. How much muscle yeah. have you gained? I'm like, I've gained nothing. Yeah. I'm actually ten pounds lighter uh, than I was before, uh, like a a sixteen inch arm on somebody who's lean, single digit body fat is way more impressive in real life than an 18 inch arm on a dude that's body fat is you know in the high teens. yeah, this is just a fact. so and by the way this this goes both ways. A lot of people who are constantly worried about, oh my gosh, I, I can't gain a single pound. When they gain a little bit of muscle, all of a sudden they look leaner. How many times have you had that oh, yeah, right, yeah. with a female client where yeah, they sure. gain a little muscle and they're like, my husband says I look leaner, but I'm actually three pounds heavier. Yeah. So these are the all scale. like optical illusions, basically. It is. And I think the moral of the story is your, your insecurities, which we all kind of have, we all have a little bit, right? Your insecurities create a filter and you, you don't have like an objective view of yourself. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's always subjective, but it's really tilted in one direction so you'll look in the mirror and be like oh my god I look terrible and then wonder why people are coming up to you saying you look healthy or, you look fit like what's going on I feel like
2: part of yeah. the size one too has to do I mean or at least I remember being a, a teenage boy and like that's, you measured your bicep like that was the thing, yeah. right? Like if you're all, we all started working out, everybody was starting in the gym. It's like the the measure of the success of your training was how big is your bicep? And that was like, that was it. There was no, any other measurements we were paying attention to. It was like, has your, has your bicep grown a half an inch to an inch over the last year or two that you've been lifting? And that's how we all decided whether you were successful or not, or looking good, right? Yeah, It's Which,
0: funny because yeah. uh my, I, I introduced uh, the movie Fight Club to my son, Couple years ago, quickly became one of his favorite movies. So, like, he likes to show his oh, friends, nice. right? And they're watching it. And he actually had some friends over. They're watching the movie, and uh, one of his friends comments, "Like, man, uh, uh, what's what's his name? Brad Pitt was buffed in Fight Club. Dude, he was so jacked. He was like 150 he pounds was, in that.
1: Yeah, he was really lean. He was just really lean. Yes, yeah. so just shredded to the to the gills.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know that definition really create. And now, what's the moral of this, right? If again your filter really distorts things a lot of times. So if you're on this like permanent bulk all the time, because you're always trying to look yeah. bigger, get lean and see what happens. And again, the reverse is true also for people who are always so afraid to gain is more usually more tr- true for women, but there's guys that do this as well. They're so afraid of gaining any body fat that they're always restricting their calories. And really, when when they gain a little bit of muscles, when they really get the look that they're looking for. Well, this for. doesn't
1: support your case at all, but like, because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get like these high school kids out of that mindset of like- Always trying to be ripped and lean. Oh mean, well, that's and, different, you know, dude! But this is such a thing that wasn't a thing back in the day. Like we just wanted to get big and 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 jacked, and, and it, that's really not something that's very commonly found anymore. Like because they always want to like show off the muscles and like do the beach muscle thing, and nobody's really into like stacking plates oh, no. as as totally high
2: different. schoolers, huh? Yeah. So I don't. It's it's not you, a thing. It wasn't like that
1: when I was a kid.
2: Not it, that didn't happen until, like. 20s, you know. Are, I think
0: they're get, more aware now because of social media. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's definitely yeah. going. Now contribute. the difference with that obviously is in football. Uh, your mass plays a big role in yes. your momentum. Exactly. That's why I'm motivated. I'm like,
1: I I need you to eat more calories, please. You know, and uh, that way, like, we're just gonna have a more effective, um, you know, body to deal with all of that trauma and and you know stress that we're gonna place you know in these games. And so, yeah, you need to have like a resilient, strong body. I don't really care if you have abs.
0: No, there's a weight to strength ratio that's important too. But it's no, there's no weight class. It's not like wrestling where, you know, if you pack on a bunch of weight, now you're just wrestling a bigger dude like on the field, you know, and you're hitting somebody, if you have 10 more pounds on your body and you've got a good strength to weight ratio, right? So it's not making you super sluggish or slow. Yeah. Let's say you, you stay just as fast, but you gain 10 pounds. You hit someone with that same speed, it's going to hit much harder yep. because you're much bigger. So that's totally different uh, than what I said, you know, at the beginning of, the, of it. But <laughs> yeah. that's a good point though. Derailed. No, no, no. That's a very, very good point. Uh, when you play sports, you want to consider that kind of stuff. And in the weight class sports, uh, people need to consider that as well. Like I know guys, I knew guys that would take uh, performance-enhancing drugs to gain muscle and strength. To and, but they competed in weight class events. So and the problem with that is you, you're taking gear to move up a weight class. Now you're bigger and stronger, but now you're going against guys that are naturally. Yeah. At that heavy, comfortable and at that weight, comfortable well, at well, that weight, naturally na- at that weight, you're going to get your butt kicked by yep. them.
2: Yeah, and they naturally have a bone structure, totally and ligaments and tendons that support that size. Where you've artificially inflated your muscles to give that size, which you've just got that part. You're missing the the the, the skeletal structure of that 240 pound guy or whatever. Oh, that dude, a juiced fit, up to get a to.
0: fit, a fit and strong, geared up 240 pound guy versus a fit and strong natural 240.
2: Totally different. Well, do you know what you, you... And if you know... If you pay attention to what these guys walk around, uh, like, off-season... Yeah. The ones that are normally the most dominant... There's always exceptions to the rule that, are like, great fighters like that. But the guys that are normally dominant in their weight class walk around naturally, like, 30, 40 pounds... Yeah, they
0: cut way down. ...heavier.
2: And they had to cut really, really hard to get down that. So a guy who walks around... Let's say the weight class around 210... Walks around 250, cuts down to get into 210 weight class... Versus a guy who is a, a 180 guy, juiced out of his gills to get up to 210... I'll bet on the guy that walks around at two fifty. Yeah, all, all things day. are equal. Oh ready. yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, fight skills make a, a big difference in that, yeah. but for the most part, that guy has a, a huge advantage.
0: Yeah, but you know, when it comes to aesthetics, right? So we're not talking athletic performance, just aesthetics. Definition plays such a big role in how muscular and fit you look. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I've lost weight. But because I'm leaner, I get comments like, you look like you put on muscle and mass. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I remember this used to happen all the time, especially with female clients where they, they want to lose weight. Uh, you know, That was the number one goal for most people. And I would obviously talk to them about speeding up the metabolism. We would bump calories a little bit first, lift, lift weights to build some muscle so that we had a nice base to work with when I would have them cut later on. And sometimes on the scale... They would gain a couple pounds, right? So they'd lose a little bit of body fat, but maybe gain more muscle than they lost at first because we're bumping their calories. And they would always come to me and be like, this is so weird. I've had three coworkers come up to me and ask me how much weight I've lost. And I've actually gained two pounds on the scale. I'm like, well, the muscle gives you shape. It gives you this sculpt. Yeah. And so the appearance, so aesthetics is so different than just the scale, right? Or it's so different than just what the tape measure says. Uh, It's much more than that. And we often get our own way because of our own insecurities. You you guys
2: talking about uh, fights and stuff. Did you guys see um, what Jake Paul just did? No. Mm -mm. He just bought. I don't know if he bought outright or bought into. I think he's invested in, heavily invested in the holding company over UFC. What? So he is trying to influence uh, fighter pay and fuck with Dana White. No. Yes, dude. Dude,
0: he's he has to, okay. He's going down. Wait, how big of an event, like is he like? Does he have like yeah. a check out? it out. It like, so, yeah. Who
1: owns the UFC? Like, what, is it Zuffa? Well, the Zufa? Lazar yeah.
2: brothers or whatever like that are the ones that uh, I, I believe oh. own it. But the, he. So the way I read the article Ortiz? was it was no, it's not them. It, the, 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 there's a holding company. Okay, that has that has the UFC. Or has the has something to do with the insurance and the pay, of fighter pay and medical stuff, right? Okay. Uh, he is bought in, invested into them with the intentions of being able to influence their, you know, rep- retirement plan, their pay. Here it is, right here.
0: Invest in UFC parent company to fix fighter pay from within and troll Dana White. Okay, but I, I think it I think what matters a lot with that is how much he's invested because well, I, I could invest in a parent company too, but I could have no barely any say cuz my investment's peanuts compared to I don't
2: think it's peanuts, so I'm pretty sure it's a it's a healthy chunk. Uh, I don't know if he could I don't I doubt he owns majority, but I'm sure he got himself a board seat.
0: Who's the fighter that uh, he just he's, he stopped fighting in the UFC, one of the most dominant fighters, really good wrestler, what's his name? Um He's from he's Eastern European. Hmm. He used to wrestle bears. Come on, yeah. A kid, what's his name, dude? Why does nobody know what's going on right <laughs> yeah, now? Old, old no, old. no, no, no. He's just a recent, recent. Yeah, he's a more recent fighter, wrestler. He just he's yeah. one of the most dominant fighters. Khabib, yeah. Thank Khabib. you, thank you very oh. much. Jesus Christ, weight class would help. Sick. Yeah, I'm thinking of a monster <laughs> heavyweight right now. His, bro. Salah, I got no name, sleep this weekend. Uh, so. <laughs> just You said the first letter of his first name and last name. I don't know. Anyway, so he apparently sent Jake Paul a contract or like stipulations to fight like here's what I'll do if we fight or whatever an MMA fight to like literally fight could be potentially what? Yeah, maybe you could look Well, that he's out calling already. out Canelo right now.
2: Oh my it, god. Yeah, he's he just called out Canelo recently too. I mean, he's like, like the what ultimate he do with this guy? He's the ultimate troll right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing as far as keeping media—I mean, he's like the the Donald Trump of like fucking YouTube stars. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's he is trolling the shit out of Dana White, and he's uh, he's trending all over all the time.
0: Oh, there you go. So uh, Khabib uh, offered him an Eagle FC contract. Now Jake Paul's team is saying that that didn't happen. Mm. So that that could be s- super weird. You know what he's done, which is interesting. I don't
2: think that would be. A- a good fight at all. I mean, that's it
0: can, if it's MMA rules, he
2: would just get. That his, would never happen. Yeah, but isn't he way he would, bigger than Khabib? He is, but he wouldn't do it. He first of all, he wouldn't do a MMA fight. Period, and he most certainly wouldn't pick Khabib as his first MMA fight. He would yeah. do. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, dude. he's just trying to get all these guys he to is. box, and that's the big knock on him is that he's taking. Wrestlers and jujitsu guys, and he's boxing them yeah, and taking and them out
1: of, uh, taking their strengths away from them, yeah. and trying to put them in. Regardless, uh, of, I mean, setting. you got to give the kid credit though for the what what he's done. I mean,
0: bro, he's t- literally wedged himself in, yeah, and, and and they ignored him, but it's hard to ignore him because he keeps. Well, doing he's just stuff like, like the heel for like all sports now.
2: Well, this is why I think this is, this move is really interesting. That if he actually got a seat on the board of the parent company of UFC and actually has well, some now, potential- he got. Influence yeah. over Dana White, and I mean, even yeah, if, that's that's even if it goes nowhere, troll. just purely to fuck with Dana White, it's got to be so annoying, dude. If, if you're Dana
0: White, you know, yeah. oh my god, that's ridiculous.
1: yeah. <laughs> he, can you imagine him at night, just like getting that news, and like he probably broke a few phones. Oh, well, dude. you
0: know, because you're in a weird position. Do you let him in and fight, and in? Uh, well, he he's his validate big thing, the him? big
2: thing he's campaigning right now, yeah. uh, more than anything else, is the fighter pay. Which, by the way, I'm curious to your guys' thought on this because there's, it's really easy to be sitting on the outside, exactly as a, as a viewer and go, look at boxing, compare boxing, which has been around forever and is established, and the amount of money running through there, and be like, here's a boxer who just got thirty million dollars for a fight.
1: Right,
0: they have way bigger purses. That's like way like the whole
2: entire fight disputed. card on a UFC fight is less than
0: one main event. Yeah, or. I have so I have a strong opinion on that. So that's true. However. We are looking at the top boxers and looking at and forgetting the fact that almost no one else makes any money in boxing. So -hmm. with the UFC, although the top fighters make a lot of money, they don't make as much as top boxers. There's lots more opportunity for all these other fighters. Like you tell
2: me, it's- that's an interesting thought. So your your theory is that there is way more discrepancy in boxing. So there's a hu- there's a bigger gap in between boxers than there is UFC fighters.
0: It's just the way it's it's the way it's uh, put out and promoted. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of how music was when uh, before YouTube and before um, Apple iTunes, where you had music labels and you had these musicians making shit tons of money. But if you're like if you're not that good, but you're good enough to make some money, you, you had nowhere to go. Yep. Whereas today, there's a lot of musicians on YouTube that they maybe wouldn't get like a normal record label like they would have in the '90s, but they're they're good enough on YouTube to make millions of dollars. So the total. So if you look at the total, I bet you there's more opportunities in MMA to make some money than mm-hmm. there is in boxing. Whereas in boxing, you either make a shit ton or you do nothing. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Do you know if that's true, or you just you
0: just speculating? That's from from the information that I and the research I've done. That's what I believe to be true. Now your I'd love for Snapple somebody to bottle. No, no, there's nothing on that. <laughs> but so I would love someone it's, to, it's, to it's, you know who's, who's in this, this random place, person? There's no giving more snap. You you yeah. Is your zoo friends snap? Is your zoo friends again Bro, giving you uh, fucking uh, fight advice? Hey, that's such an old. you gotta come out of the snap. Like, I
1: mean, like fortune cookie or something, you know, something a little more relatable. Nobody knows Snapple anymore.
0: Hey, how was your guys' weekend, by the way? Did you guys all have a good week? I know you were up with your friends skiing Yeah, oh, it was
1: wild. It was a wild, wild time. Was it really? I forgot that, like, I just have no endurance for, like, partying or anything. Really? I'm such an old man. Like, I just can't even, you know? Like, I just don't have the... So, it was wild because I took a lot of the guys up that were part of uh, my initial poker group, and we have fun, and it's like... It's one of those uh, environments where it's just like a constant roast, right? Oh, so, like, oh, yeah. everybody is just, like, you know, up for grabs, and, and it's it starts out really funny, and, like, everybody's digging at each other, and then it becomes, like, exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, what are you going to say next? Like, yeah, you got me? Yeah. So you're just, like, always on edge. Yeah. Like, who's who's coming at me? Oh, man. But uh, it was funny. I took them out of their comfort zone and brought them to the, the ski slopes, and uh, it was great because they had – you could tell, like uh, – How and, many of them could
2: ride and how many couldn't out of the seven? So there was
1: – yeah. So there was me and then, yeah, uh, three other guys. So so four of us went and snowboarded. Together. Oh, not all the guys went? No, not all the guys went. Oh. Two of them stayed back and – yeah, or three. And so, yeah. So we went we went up there and it was funny because, um, <laughs> first of all, like not – we didn't have, like, gear for everybody. And so <laughs> my friend Bo, he like – he showed up and it was like 20 degrees. It, it was freezing. Like it was like just that, that kind of like bitter cold in the morning mm-hmm. yeah. where you're like, Ooh, and he's just wearing shorts. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Gangster. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's totally gangster.
0: Well now, was it because he's cool in shorts or because he's, he's just one of those guys that doesn't does. Does he ride well
1: enough to wear shorts is okay? Cause like, well, if if I you do You know, yeah. in like those ski school movies, yeah. you know, like the guys are just rocking like, yeah. you know, tank tops and all that. I'm like, is he going to pull this off? You know, like, but he he knew he was going to have to get pants at some point. Uh, but, yeah, he initially, like, showed up wearing shorts. And I, I was like, dude, you're a maniac. Did he last? No, no. He had to get pants. And, oh. they're, and they're, You know, when you go to buy them there, they're like a million dollars. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. They're, like, really outrageous here. Like, you're totally he's like, screwed. He's
0: like, what's the return policy? Yeah. yeah exactly. Write <laughs> yeah. them with the, the figured bags figured Flip into the back. Dude,
1: we should have figured that out. Every time I go up there, though, I get so... So freaking dried out. Man. Yeah. And then we had sun. Like, I didn't wear any um, sunscreen You, you didn't bring your caldera? Dude, no, I did. Like, so that was the only thing that helped. Like, it it was almost like if I was the driest of dry sponges and then, like, put, like, a couple drops of water on it and it's just <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up. It's what I felt like on my face, dude. My lips are still just like.
2: So what, okay, cracked. this is the part that I don't get. And I, I think I brought this, I brought this up to one of you guys. This is off air. We are talking about this. Um, As a kid, I went up to Tahoe all the time. Never once do I remember having issues with my lips cracking and it being super dry. Now that we live, we have a place up there and we go up there a lot. It's so bad. Yeah, well, I, I don't understand if it if as we get older, there's you're just, some. You just weak sauce now. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, really though. I mean, do you remember? Skin just do you remember up going you. up there when you were a kid? You know, what? yeah, I don't remember being all dry. And Not like, like I mean, it is so bad. Kids like, are moister. Like, like <laughs> I remember to pack the caldera. I remember as, soon don't as don't I get as there, I clip. put the humidifier on. Like, I do <laughs> Andrews, all that stuff, that. or else yeah. i I'm, I'm fucked. It's that bad. You
0: know what I think? Sometimes I think a. You get older and your body just you just just you're older. So you yep. hurt more, you get drier more. You like notice things. things more, I think. And you're that's just the other oblivious. Thing. That's you know, the other thing. I think the other thing too is when you're a kid, you don't even notice certain things. Like Really? That's what I think. I think I, you said that to me, and I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like yeah. I mean,
2: I, my my lip will split and like you can't not think about that the whole time you're there.
0: Yeah. Like every oh. time
2: I bite something, it splits open more and it's bleeding. Like it I don't know. So
0: you want to know what's interesting. When I used to train, uh, I, I used to train sur- a lot of surgeons at one point, And one of them told me that l- when you do surgery on kids, he goes, it's so strange. Because you'll do a surgery on an adult, and they'll sit in the freaking bed. Yeah. I need more pain medicine. Can I take two weeks off? And then with the kids, they'll hop up and run. You have to stop them. And he's like, they don't know yeah. that they're supposed to be in bed and mm-hmm. hurting. Have you ever seen a kid like that? Like yeah. I remember when I was a kid, we would play outside. You n- almost never would- come home without being scraped up from falling on the concrete or whatever. I don't uh-huh. care. It's all a mindset. Yeah. I think that's a big part well, of it. Oh, there you that's go. Doug just, just
2: pulled it up. Aging makes skin more susceptible to dryness. Dry skin in older adults can be simply a sign of age-related skin Boom. changes or yeah, Adam so he,
1: coming in with the science today. Well, I was
2: looking at I was trying to give Sal like a science layup right there. I thought yeah, maybe I he'd have the I answer have no studies it. on yeah, this. Right. I thought he'd have hey, like a good hey, explanation. This is in, this is in, he's like, you know, it's hey, you're getting he, old, bro. Hey, he's tired today. Hold on a second, guys.
0: Hold on a second. The name of this website is today's geriatric medicine. So I mean, how old are they talking here? Doug? <laughs> I don't know if this is a good excuse today's for you, Adam. You know what's okay, so back back to this to the sponsor, um, Caldera. So you know what's interesting about that? I, You and I could not have any di- more different skin. Obviously, different sides of the shade spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: also- You like humidity? like I hate it. My, I'm sk- like-
0: my skin is oily. It just uh-huh. is. It's just very, very oily. Your skin is more on the dry side. We both use the same product. I was afraid at first to use Caldera because it's a serum. It's oil. Yes. I'm like, why would I put oil on my oily ass yeah. face? I'm gonna look Doubling like, up on oil. Yeah, I'm going to look like a stereotypical olive oil, you know, Sicilian walk around. No, it actually balances out my skin. Mm. So it's got like this balancing effect, whether you're oily or dry, yeah, which is, yeah, I think, one strange. of the reasons why it's super popular. Oh. Anyway, we went down to San Diego. Oh, a couple things. So first off, it was the first time we'd been around for, away from the baby. Wow. Oh, how did that go? Wow. Okay, so-
2: move. Who was remember you guys asked me this so who was the first parent to like give in and check in on the, on the on the baby
0: Um I mean we were both kind of checking it wasn't a big deal Jessica did so well I oh. thought maybe she would kind of worry and freak wow, out Wow that's awesome Now the good the one of the factors that probably contributed to that was the you know he was with my mom So when they're with someone that you really trust and whatever yeah. I think that yeah. kind of takes away some of the nerves But no it was a good time so we went down there for Christina Rice so she launched um her book yeah. She's in that spiritual kind of realm now, where she talks about manifesting your future, and it's which is I don't understand much of it, but mm. I do really appreciate Christina. And I was there, and it was a big event, right? So like you know, I don't know, hundred people were there, and uh, they were all there to see her, and she does this speech or whatever. And I'm watching this, and she's still she's I think she's still in her 20s, so she's still a young lady. And I remember when we first met her as a kid. I remember we called it. We oh, saw her oh, yeah. as a, and a lot of people don't know this. We met Christina. She's a little closer. We met her. She was only like nineteen. No, she was in her early twenties, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd say like twenty-one, maybe or twenty. Oh, yeah, she was a baby. I she thought. was a kid. I right? thought she was
2: even old enough to drink. I thought when we first met. Maybe
0: twenty, right? Yeah, so I think we so. great story. So I don't know, six years ago, five, six years ago, early days of Mind Pump. One of the strategies to grow the show, show was to get on as many podcasts as possible. Yes. And we used to do these podcasts, podcasts hard. Yes, we do these podcast runs, right? So Adam and I went down to L.A. And scheduled like seven podcasts in like two days. And we're going to be back to back. And one of them canceled. And I remember, you know, our assistant calls us. Hey, you got a cancellation. Do you guys want to just take that break? We're like, no, find someone else. Well, Christina had this little podcast at the time and had been contacting us. She's like, do you want to get on this girl's podcast? It's small. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. We show up and this kid in her little apartment answers the door. Two big ass grown men. And she was super assertive. No, like she wasn't shy or intimidated, sat us down, ran the whole podcast. And Adam, I'll never forget. We left. We made, we made, we became friends with her and we left and we're like, she's going to do something one day. Yeah. It's great to watch her. You know, do that stuff. So it's really, really cool to watch. So you know, we had a good time down there. I
1: know. I wish I would have been there. That Speaking
0: was fun. of our podcast
2: friends, um, I have to bring up the uh the dumb kid that decided to go after Max Lugavirre this this weekend. Oh gosh, and,
1: what? what happened with that? Was, that? Oh, you didn't see that? No, I
2: was, dude, I was in a whirlwind. So you know, there it, he made a mistake. So well, this is really popular, right? Where you you do like a clip of you know somebody
1: else talking. Oh, and you roast them you ro- and you that? basically you pick, make faces right, or pick something. Right,
2: pick it apart. Yeah. And so there's this kid I forget his name. Maybe Doug can pull it up uh the uh, BD Carpenter B something like, something like that, yeah. right? So we'll look we'll put it uh, we'll put in the show notes and then we'll definitely have a clip right here that Andrew can put up so people can see exactly what he did and said. But I mean it was Max on our show. And it was Max talking Sal and Max were talking about good and bad foods. You know, is there such a mm. thing and why is this whole movement to just say there's no such thing as bad foods and that's and like why why is that and so it's literally like a 15 second clip that somebody had clipped of him
0: yeah so it's no missing context oh yeah. yeah yeah
2: it's missing an hour that's and a half so, of context uh,
1: right that's so annoying
2: and so this kid is pretty much is picking the whole thing apart and and roasting uh, Max about it and so I mean I, I got on there I think Sal ended up getting on there and the thing that I I I just don't like about this and I remember and I I said this on uh, on my story that. You remember when we were gonna do this? Remember we shot all the green screen in here, and we were gonna go through YouTube channels,
1: people's uh, yeah, their YouTube channels, see their techniques, and like kind of break it down.
2: Right, and we did a we did a handful of them, and when we watched them. We all just didn't like it. We it was all, negative. yeah, it, it felt it, it, negative. Yeah, it felt douchey. It felt like all we were doing, and we don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. We, and and of course, uh, the original thought comes from a good place, as I think this kid is coming from. I think that he's coming from a good place. He's trying to educate his audience, but here's the problem: when you go around and you cherry pick 15 second clips off of people's content. You have no idea who you, yeah, you, you grab. You grab somebody who I happen to have a lot of respect for. And and I know they think there's like a bias there because he's a friend. It's like, no, if I have a friend who I think is giving out bad advice and you roast him,
0: I can say shit. Max Lugavere is a good guy yeah. in the space. He's one of the good guys. Yes. So it's the wrong person to take something out of context and try and it's just stupid. It's yeah. A, B, it's B.D. Carpenter. Is that what it is? Is the guy's name. Yeah, yeah so, and he, so he went on, and I, by the way, I hate, I, I know where they're coming from, the whole there are no good foods, there are no bad foods, it, you know, it's like, oh, it's everything you want it to be. No, 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 that's, that's baloney. There are good and bad foods, depending Baloney's on the person. Good food. Yeah. And you know what the and they're saying, oh, this creates bad relationships with food. No, it doesn't. The bad relationship does not come from objectively saying that's bad and that's good. The bad relationship comes from saying that's bad, I did that, I ate it, therefore I'm bad. Now that's the bad relationship, right? Yeah, it's not that. That's you can objectively look in the mirror and say, "Ooh, I'm overweight." Some people would say that that contributes to a bad relationship with yourself. You're not overweight. It's all shapes. We're all this. No, you you can be obese. You cannot be obese. That's okay. That's called being objective. The problem is when you say when you identify with it and say you're a bad person because of it. That's the issue. Well, the, and that, the problem
2: that I had with this was that this is exactly what we discussed on the podcast. I mean, on the podcast, we go into depth about that, and I and the thing that annoys me is that I know that the kid who's putting out. He's got his content's pretty good. Like he's yeah. a smart. You can tell he's a smart kid. Yeah. You know, he's with um. So he fit. Remember Lane Norton's old partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. So they they're they're a couple, right? They've been together for like two years. Science based kid, smart, giving out good information, but the way he's doing it is just i just i think it's not i think it's tacky mm-hmm. i think it's ta- it's it's a cheap way to get views and and people looking at you at the and what i don't like it is and i don't feel sorry about getting on there and roasting the kid either because it's like listen that's the risk you take by doing shit like that if you're going to yeah, yeah, pluck a 15 second clip and you make a fucking mistake, then you're you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. You're gonna yeah. get it from somebody who knows that person mm-hmm. and actually knows the content they put out, read their
0: books, and and is gonna defend that. You person. You know what the problem is? The the big problem is that a lot of people all they have in their uh you know in their in their sites is growth, grow my audience, get more attention. Yep. But if but really, if you're in the space, and not everybody can be this way, but I hope that the best people in the space really are looking for good intentions for. For people at large, right? That's that's kind of like what we try to do. So could, when you pick things apart, be very careful because what you might end up doing is confusing the shit out of people to make your stupid point. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, you know, barbell squats are one of the best lower body exercises, and then some idiot gets on there and he's like, oh, I'm going to counter this, get a lot of views. Like, squats are not good for everybody. What if you have this polymorphism in your femur bone? Okay, technically, yeah. <laughs> what does that apply yeah. to? To who? And you know what you just did? You just convinced a bunch of people that yeah. squat, when that find squats hard, that they don't have to squat anymore. They don't have yeah. to do anything to get better squats. And so to make your point- Based just, on
1: like a, a fractional percentage of people that might have like that kind of a discrepancy. Yeah,
0: well, the truth is this, look, there's this this movement that's happened in a lot of spaces and it's starting to try to enter into the fitness space. And it's this non-objective, everything is good and bad, depends on how you look at it. You know, call it what you will, wokeism. that's trying mm-hmm. to come into fitness where they're saying things like, uh, you know, healthy and overweight or, and you ha- you can be healthy and overweight or that it's healthy to be overweight, even worse, right? Or there is no good and bad or no, no, no. You, you the, the key is you to be objective, accept it, but then don't identify with it. You're not a bad person because you don't eat perfect. Nobody does. You're not a bad person because you struggle with certain things. Everybody does, but that's, it's okay to say, Hey, look, you know, doing cocaine on the weekends, probably not good for you. It's not, it's not a good thing. Right. Uh, But if you do, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. I know you, did you hear
1: um, Jordan Peterson talking to Rogan about like this kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. About how like culture is dissolving because of like a lot of these, you know, normal, like sort of standards that, you know, everybody sort of agreed upon are now, you know, like there's all the the fractional considerations mm. and all the other angles that then you know sort of it just dissolves and then once it dissolves you know it spo- it spawns out even further and then the culture yeah completely
0: like (laughs) disintegrates. Yeah. What a great interview, by the way. It was, it was, it's a a long one. I'm only halfway through right now. There's like four
2: and a half hours. You know what I like
0: about it? It, It's one of the things that uh, highlights uh, Joe Rogan's talent because he's very different, right? As an interviewer. Yeah. But one thing that he does very well is he develops a chemistry with the person he's interviewing. Yeah. He mirrors really well. And he makes them really comfortable. And so they just go off into conversation. There's such
2: an art to that, too. By the way, off air, we've kind of debated and argued this a little bit. I think he's a brilliant interviewer. Some people talk shit and oh, he's a meathead guy, and all he does is goes off on tangents. Yeah, but I I mean, I think I think you're more of a fool to think that he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. I think he's he he prepares. He's
1: been doing this for a really long time. You don't get the size of audience he has by by just winging
0: it. He's also curious. And he's open. Even if he disagrees, he'll ask questions and likes to hear different sides. Uh, by the way, this made him and, and behind you know behind the scenes here, we called it. I we I could see what he was doing, and yeah. I'm like, he's going to be targeted sure enough he is now a political target because
1: oh, hard right now
0: because he people are flocking to him because all other media is so narrated and controlled mm-hmm. and they don't want anything that counters their message the narr- you know the, what, what the story is they just look at him as a threat and, and dangerous he is a threat he's, he's free to speak however he wants he doesn't fit into a box yeah. so he's a big threat and he Talks to lots of people, and it's ridiculous. And they're going after him, which is crazy. It's ridiculous because he has people on
2: both sides. I mean, he's had uh, Tulsi Gabbard on there. He's had Bernie Bernie Sanders Sanders on there. (laughs) He's had plenty of, like... Left wing people, right wing in the middle. Like, I, I, I agree. He's just curious and he's, and it's funny though, <laughs> when he has someone like a Jordan Peterson, like, all of a sudden we want to cancel was well, not it
1: shit the shit good up? ideas win, right? Yeah. Like, don't you need to like sift through all that to, to figure out like which way to go? It's uh, such,
0: but it's such a pussy thing. Like, yeah. okay, you disagree, get on there and debate, make your own That's show. That's it. Like, like come in with, with better facts then. You know what though? Rogan is very hard to cancel because he's, uh, he's been very open and authentic from day one. <laughs> Yo, that where he's got tens of millions of fans. And, and because <laughs> yeah. his fan base grew with him being authentic and yeah, real. Yeah. If you kicked him off a platform, you would only make him a martyr. He would yeah, only grow definitely. in his popularity. Because yeah. now it's going to justify the whole, like, he's the counterculture. He's telling the it's truth. It's kind of crazy
2: cool. when you think that he, you know, he sold and went to Spotify and... Probably what would have been happening to him on YouTube right now had he been on
1: uh, uh, YouTube yeah. as his main platform bad. right now. Yeah. yeah, they would have I mean, totally de platformed. Don't
2: it. you think so? Yeah. Like, I think that he would have, he would, this, I bet they would have been pulling stuff. So it's kind of crazy that I wonder if that was stuff that was said to like, uh, like behind the scenes, like when he's mm-hmm. talking to them about, because he, he had to see the right on the wall. I mean, he moved from California. Like, well, they he were sort- already
1: pulling some of his uh, episodes on YouTube when he, when he was on there. And he oh, got, were they yeah, doing that? He was trying to work through that. Um, you know, what the reasons were. And it was super vague and and they didn't have any like real distinctive points like of, of, of contention where they're like, listen, this
2: oh, is the first time. Oh, for
0: sure that was talked about there. Yeah, right? So
1: it's like, you know, you probably saw like patterns with that and was like, it, you know, I don't like this.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's these artists. What was his name? Neil Young. Nobody cares. Oh, I'm not going to put my music. Okay. <laughs> that you was, know? yeah, that
1: was an interesting one. Like, so, it's so random.
0: Yeah, the same guy. What's his famous song? Uh, uh, something in the free Freedom. Freedom, yeah. Oh, come yeah on, keep dude. on the in the, fr- the yeah, Freedom. Yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's ridiculous to try to cancel them uh, that way or get him kicked off. You're starting to see the, the mob of people who are all following the same narrative. Oh no, we got to get Joe Rogan off the yeah. air because
1: tell you know, us who to get next. Yeah. So,
0: no. since we're talking about political stuff, cue me in on
2: what's going on up in Canada right now. Is it like one of the craziest protests we've ever seen as far as the size
0: of it? I think it was like over 50,000 truckers or trucks. Yeah. I, just, uh, I don't know what's true, right? I, I've, I've just, it's you know what's weird about Did that? Did
1: Trudeau actually like get? Covid and like leave, oh, or is God. they just hiding him? Right I now? don't know. That's okay. such, that's such yeah. a
0: convenient time. But I tell you what, uh it's there's ton, it's been almost media blackout, mm-hmm. which is really weird. It's one of the largest, most organized peaceful protests ever. Yeah, and consider this: only fifteen percent of the truckers in Canada were unvaccinated. So that what they're protesting are vaccine mandates, not the vaccine, but t- the the but mandating exactly. Right? And, Big distinction. And it's way less than the 50,000 trucks that showed up, which means you have vaccinated and unvaccinated working together against these mandates. So it's a super organized um, protest. I'm getting lots of messages from Canadians who are like, yeah. this is awesome. It's,
1: it's tyrannical. I mean, they shut down gyms again and didn't give a, a date where they were going to allow them to reopen. There's still so many people that are, are pro all that, though, dude. We just So the
2: Warriors just played the Nets this, this weekend? Can we give them their own state? I don't know. Is that... So that yeah we live in it. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. My bad. the The Warriors play the Nets this weekend, and uh, the Nets have Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is is one of the players who has decided not to get vaccinated, and he is from New Jersey, right? So New Jersey, New York, California, some of the the hardest rules when it comes to the mandates, mm. and so he is not allowed to play in his own home home court, so he can't play at home games. Mm. Uh, and so he only plays away games because of how strict, and he because he's decided to stick to his guns. And so that they've just figured this out. This is like never happened like this mm-hmm. in history where a player can't play. And he's and
1: like the best player on the team. Too, and right? so
2: we just we just played them in in California, right at Golden State, and they did a poll on, uh, you know, should they have allowed Kyrie to have played us because California has the strict rules yeah. also, uh, but they allowed him to play in the away game mm-hmm. against us. And over 73 percent said he shouldn't have been able to. Wow. I think that, yeah, dude. the fact that he's decided not to get the, the um, vaccine you know, that I, they should look, keep him from getting paid. And you know, keep we did from- an old episode. I forgot who we were
0: with. I might have been Jordan Shallow and this topic came up yeah. and it was old. This is before everything that went down it was shallow and our stances were exactly the same and, and they're as follows if you're a private organization or company you're free to do that uh if you own a business and you say you can't come in here unless you're vaccinated I mean, it's your free yep. your freedom to associate with whoever you want you're free to associate absolutely and that's uh, that's a kind of fundamental law of of being in a free society but it also means if two people voluntarily want to meet or work together that's none of your fucking business and allowing the same entity that can jail you or fine you or legally kill you the power to force you or coerce you into injecting something in your body. Really, do we really need to argue this? Like, just look historically at all the crazy yeah. shit that, that, that they've done in the past. We're just yeah. gonna
1: ignore completely the Nuremberg. Is that how you uh, pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't, like, that's a bad idea. And you know what's funny? Okay, so here we are two years after it, after everything has gone down compare the states with the strictest laws to the states with the looser laws. By the way, compare total deaths, not just infections and whatever. And what you'll find is almost no difference. You have higher suicide rates, you have uh, higher rates of depression, you have economic uh, problems which cause more deaths. We caused more problems than we were trying to solve with our overreaction. I'm going to stand by that always. And I think pe- more people are realizing it. So this so, is So well the the
2: other thing that's happening right now that I wish that you would have said publicly on the show because I don't think you brought it up on the show. I know we talked about it off air many times was as soon as the narrative started to change around uh, COVID and that we were starting to, it's starting to get less. mean the fear is waning? Yeah. And, and people were being less and less fearful about yep. what's going on. You were saying that this, we're going to go to war. We're going to have the next thing is going to be, we're going to blow the horns for, you know, some other
0: country. What's the and next button that you can, you know, it's here it's we boom. are, here we, we are now. We sat talking in about- here off camera and I literally said that. So said, oh, the fear is waning. They're going to start international foreign yeah. threat because that gets everybody it's together.
1: Start beating the war drum.
0: Yeah, because it, it war is a really effective way of get or the threat of war gets everybody behind the, whatever the administration or the president, you know, is saying. And sure enough, that's kind of what they're doing. And by the way, the the, uh, the shit that's happening in Ukraine has been happening for a long time. But now we're be- decades. Now we're beating the drums a little bit, and and it's just I, I that's what I think. I think it's political. Like, hey, midterms are coming up. Yeah. Let's get everybody behind us to scare them a little bit more.
2: It's crazy that we even want to because it's a it's a bordering country to Putin, right? That's yeah. whole. And why would we even want to go in there? And I love how we try and make it look like it's him who's the crazy bastard. But here we are parking our shit like right next to his borders. Imagine if that was done to us like imagine yeah. if,
0: if people start if, well they if, did try to do that in Cuba
2: I know Well, and then what could happen right yeah. so that's my point like and it, we try and make Putin look like he's this awful person and I'm not tru- defending the man whatsoever but the point is we are by coming in, in into, into the U- U- Ukraine we're <laughs> encroaching on well, them more than they're you know, encroaching on the, us
0: the, the Ukrainian president actually said that he actually yeah. said uh, I know more about what's going on I'm here and the US president is politicizing I mean something along those lines he said that you know what the truth is the Cold War showed us this we will not go to war with another nuclear-armed country. It's just not going to happen. If it would have happened, it would have happened in the Cold War. Believe me, it was a close call. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go to war because nobody wins. Everybody yeah. you know, ends up dust. So this is a lot of posturing, I think, is kind of what's going on. For sure. Not to mention, Europe. a lot of European countries rely heavily on Russian fuel and energy. So I think Germany's like 50% of their natural gas comes from- I think it's more than that. Or maybe even more. Yeah. So that's a big, you're Mm. like, that's a big vulnerability type of deal. So, I mean, I'm always anti- I'm almost always, by the way, if you look at all the pretenses for, or you know, kind of how we start lots of wars, it's a lot of lies that lead up to a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, there really is. There's a lot there's, of manipulation just to get in there Yeah, and just, get support. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. I mean, don't
2: you I feel though, like, I mean, with not only the fear of COVID, but then also where the economy's going, I almost feel like that it's, they're they're definitely going to push that way. Like when you said it, I totally, oh yeah, I could see that happening. Where now I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I
0: feel like that's with. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that they're going to take this. Because I highly doubt we're going to do a war with with Russia. At most, it'll be proxy. Like we'll support Ukraine with like weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. But here's why. Here's what I would be afraid of. We would never fight. I don't. It'd be very unlikely that we go full on war with with Russia. It was two nuclear armed countries. Same thing with China, see that right? Yeah. But I could see us using that to target Iran, which we've been trying to f- mess with for a long time. Iran's not nuclear powered. And we'd love to go in there and, you know, based off of how they've talked in the past and because they're kind of allied with Russia, I would, it would be interesting to see them twist it into something to, like to that. Iran. Well, I mean, look how we did that with Iraq and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which right. is pretty, you know, mm-hmm. pretty funny. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Speaking of which, did you guys read this article? Did you guys see that they changed the ending of fight club in China? Wait, okay, wait. Yeah, You, <laughs> yeah, dude. you told me about. it You never ending, like fulfilled me in on that. Remind
2: me of the ending. I, I can't even yeah. so, picture. right know what happens. Yeah. And,
0: so remember at the end, he he shoots himself and kind of kills the alter ego, which is uh, Tyler Durden, right? Yeah. So he knows that's when he's
2: sitting up at the top of the building and he's yeah. in a chair. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And then
0: he sits down and then the girl comes up or whatever and then they watch the buildings of the credit, you know, unions or whatever credit companies right. explode. Yeah. So at the end of it, he does cause anarchy or whatever. Well, the chinese government said we won't release this in our country unless you change the ending and in the ending the new what a shitty ending the authorities win he gets caught by the authorities <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah
1: dude you'll never get away with it yeah yeah isn't that funny you're under
0: our thumbs dude, did funny. you guys know that that's happened that movie endings have been changed in different countries before Do you no, know i didn't know that
2: was a thing that's funny dude. one of the one of
0: the one of the ones that i was aware of as a kid I was a big Godzilla fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch all the Godzilla. Oh, films. I heard about
1: this. Yeah, it was because it was so. It's Japan, right? That has um, Godzilla, Godzilla is Japanese, right? Yeah. So like, and, and then King Kong's American, American, and so like in America they showed King Kong winning, and then you know Japan just you know of course competitive. Yeah, yeah
0: isn't that funny? Yeah, that I didn't is. know that. So you could I I've never seen the version where Godzilla wins. I've always tried to find. I want okay. So they have that to would like be interesting. you have to like
2: negotiate that before you right before you play it or the. To that, like you can't just take somebody's art like that, well, and so change that, it, and then sell it in your country. Maybe You've the film
1: owner knows that, right? They right? have like, to. Yeah, and then they create that they and they sell to. it. I'm sure to that what market. happens is
2: that someone like Japan or China, whoever decided, comes in and says, listen, um, we're not going to play this in our country, or we will give you, you know, $30 million for the rights. To to bring in our country, but then we we're going to change. We're going to change in, and I'm sure they go okay. Well, I know
0: the Godzilla one was made in Japan, and they wanted to sell it in the U S. So they made the alternative ending, thinking it would sell better in the U S. Oh, so they did it for us. They did it for us. Uh, Uh, With China's done some interesting stuff, though. They've done stuff where they're like, replace this uh, this African American doctor with a Chinese doctor because we want to make sure that the doctor's Chinese, or uh, this anti government you know, speech right here, cut this out or whatever. And uh, they've done that to lots of movies. Oh, yeah.
1: So that Seth Rogen movie, you remember the one, not the dictator, the end one, the the one where they're in North Korea. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm the so surprised right. that, yeah, the interview that right. that was still released. Cause wasn't there like a lot of contention, especially like it was right around that time too. Yeah. North Korea was getting all heated about it. I uh, know that was, yeah, it was a like, movie by the way. It was funny. Yeah, Hell, yeah, that was, hella hella funny. funny. It was hella funny. The hate Cuisine.
0: Anyway, so. I got to, I got to bring up a study that I think is very interesting. So, uh, Jessica got back, so we had the little Juve Go unit, the small one that you like use on your face. She yeah. gave it to her grandma for a while, and we got another one for ourselves. So now she has it again. She's using it again, and I can always tell after about a week and a half, two weeks of her using it regularly, like you could see it in her face. She, it's like less. It just looks more supple or whatever. Or my and root. good word. And, yeah, and she's like, supple. I think she goes. Does red light affect acne? Because every once in a while she'll break out just a little bit. You know, you can't really tell. She's got really good skin. But she's like, I feel like it affects acne. So I had no idea. I looked it up. Red light therapy reduces inflammatory acne by over 60% Wow! in studies. And non-inflammatory type acne, like whiteheads and blackheads, by over 50%. Hmm. That's huge. Wait, wait, spin, explain the difference of acne. There's So the, so there's whiteheads and blackheads, which is essentially clogged, like a clogged pore or whatever. Okay. And that causes a problem. Then when it becomes inflamed there's a, like a small amount of bacteria that causes an infection. So that's when it gets kind of red yeah, a or pimple whatever or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So reduced inflammatory because it reduces inflammation, speeds up the healing process, kills some of the bacteria apparently. So 6 over 60% reduction I read in a study wow. with red light therapy. I did not know on that. Acne, dude. That's interesting. interesting. so many benefits, to Well, that's that a that big so deal random. because Try and find an over-the-counter market that does sixty that reduces acne by sixty percent. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, especially not if you have cystic. You know. Acne. Now, will
2: she? Because you, you guys have. I saw you got. We have the big one. Yeah, the big one mounted in your room, which I want to. Yeah. I want to do the same thing. I don't mind like leaning against something. I want to mount mm-hmm. it like that. Um, does she use that one too, or use the Go one? And st- like, what's the? I mean, obviously the Go is nice because you could probably prop it up or where she, yeah. wherever she's sitting and, and it hit it on her. It,
0: she mainly uses the Go because she likes to use it on her face. Yeah. Um, That's the, how Cassie uses Cassie when she does all computer work for us.
2: She just sets it up on her desk, like right here, while she's mm-hmm. working, and just, just rotates it
1: from left to right like that, and just blasts
2: mm-hmm. while she's doing it. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But
0: the, the big one I'll use sometimes for recovery and stuff. You know what the issue is? You have to use it consistently. You don't. You're not gonna get anything after yep.
1: one. You don't notice it unless it's been a long yeah. string.
0: You put it in your routine, ten minutes. You know, maybe every other day uh, or every day. Yeah. And you you. I swear, it's. I can tell. I'll come home. I will not even know she's been doing it. And I'll look in her face and be like, you've been using the, the, the juve again. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, you could totally tell, huh?
2: I've wanted so what I want to do, and I wonder if there's a listener who's done this, is I wanna mount it um like in the bathroom by my shower. So mm-hmm. I could. so I wanna do it where I'm like naturally getting naked all the time where all I'd have to do is maybe stand there for a few, because I'm already showering and I have glass for my thing. So I can mm. be sh- shooting it on me while I'm showering, then drying off. And then when I get ready, just maybe a few more minutes, I wait there. And mm. if I did that like every single day, because that's the only thing is sometimes I'm really good about being consistent with it. And then other times I fall off for a little bit and I definitely know the difference. You can tell, it's not one of those things where you do it and then it's like you get the benefits and then they stay with you forever. It's like you
0: have to It's stay. like exercise. Yeah. It's kind of one of those consistent things. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, You had brought this up last week about... There was a new book. uh, Scottie Pippen had written it, and he had talked shit about uh, Michael Jordan.
2: Yeah. Did you
0: learn any more about this? So, uh,
2: I mean... So that there's a lot. There's a lot of theories that that's why he did it, right? Because he's got a book, and then he has something else that he has coming out. He was and... just
1: in the Last Dance, uh, and uh... So, that,
2: so the rumor is that that's part of what made him upset is the way Jordan talked about him in the Last. What did he say? It? I you never watched it. Wasn't it. even that bad. Was I, it? I totally don't agree with you guys. So it's yeah. hard to like, even explain like where he's coming from. It's just the way that they talk about Pippen as like the other guy, you know, the versus like how. Uh, important he was to all those titles, which he was. I mean, he was a he was a very important player. Yeah, but your teammate was Jordan, right? Like, but on. and I don't and I honestly I don't feel like Jordan has ever uh, not given him credit. Like yeah. I don't. I, but everybody else makes it so much about Jordan that. It's made him so. F-
0: what did he say in this book and stuff? Like, what's he talking
2: about? I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know the exact, uh, exact verbiage that he used, but he was basically just talking shit about Jordan and just a, 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 he's an egomaniac and it's all about him and like, well, and like what all he did and that he didn't get any credit for it. And so, I it, all of it, I think, is a ploy to get people to buy his book. He's been mm. irrelevant for a, a, some a long time, yeah. and so I think. Getting some controversy. Anyone who sees the cover of that book, Pippin,
1: pippin How much blah, of blah, that blah. do you think was uh directed by um you know the publishing company and wanting him to like you know, drama up? That's
2: an that's an interesting thought. Like, you know, would they do something like that? Would they ask him to do that? There's a most people think he he's been bitter and sour
1: yeah, for
0: time. Yeah, but a at the end of the day, he's responsible. Well, yeah, he's got his name on the book. I'm yeah. not
1: saying he's absolved of that, but I'm just like like him like trying to think of some ways to get an angle of like controversy. I think or it or was something. his
2: idea. I yeah. think he I think he's been bitter and Sour, I uh, for a long time, um, and it's been said about that about him because he's made comments like in interviews before, like subtle comments, um, before where people are like, Oh, that was kind of a hater comment, mm-hmm. why would you say that? Uh, so I think that I actually think it, it came from him for sure. I think, mm-hmm. and then with the last dance just coming out, what a couple of years ago, which it yeah, probably it was all
0: about Jordan, Baird, yeah,
2: because yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the critics are going like, What the fuck bro, like this is yeah. your boy, you guys, you
0: guys, I hate that man. It reminds yeah. me of when Jose Canseco came out and was talking crap oh, yeah, about everybody, and yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, it's, listen. And when people were like, uh, you know, with uh, Lance Armstrong, it's like, man, you aren't a team together. Like, what happened to loyalty? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, if you do a bunch, you're of dirt, all there doing it with them. Look, here's the bottom line: you do a bunch of dirt with your friends, and you're part of it. You don't get to say shit later about <laughs> your friends. You <laughs> yeah. can talk about yourself all you want. Yeah. But talk about your, you were there with them when you were Just doing this. Shit. You're
1: less successful, or like didn't have as many accolades. You know, you're gonna throw everybody else. I under lose the bus? so much
0: respect. Yeah. You know, like if, if you want to talk shit about yourself and what you did in the past, that's fine. You talk about the dudes and people you ran with in the past, and you all did it together. You just sound like it's a, weak. I mean, just yeah, think weak.
2: these these athletes. Okay, most of them, right? I'm obviously, overgeneralization to say all of them, but most of them uh, have massive egos. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were all the best, of course, where they came from. Yep. And when you are a guy like Scotty, who who is arguably one of the best ever, like he's a great, great player, yeah. right? And you got to play in the shadow. Of the greatest of all time. Sure You it's, know? It's tough on the ego. And everybody, whenever they talk about those Bulls, those championships, it's always Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, or Michael Jordan and the rest of the team. It's never Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan yeah. took on all the stuff. And so yeah, I bet that's uh I bet that's been eaten away with them. Now the the irony is this. Scottie Pippen was actually paid more in the final years of of playing for the Bulls wow. than than Jordan was. I didn't know that. Has Jordan signed an earlier contract before the contract started getting really crazy? Oh. So I can't remember it was like a ten year or what, but it was a bigger it was a bigger contract earlier that Jordan had, and Pippen's came up later later after mm-hmm. they would won some of the championships, and so he was he was being paid more. So that's the part that I think yeah. is really annoying. It's like, bro, you were making more money. Than Jordan, and and you don't hear him bitching about I didn't get paid as much as as Pippin did, like that he was all sour about it. It's like, dude, you got paid, dude. You know what's funny? It's huh. like
0: you know how many good, you know how much good music art. Innovations or whatever we we missed because of egos when it comes to teams. Like mm. how many oh, like, bands how many bands up. broke up because they got popular and they can't handle that the lead singer gets all the attention and the drummer's like what about me or whatever. Or, you know it's ridiculous. Like it, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't the fact that you guys are team, just work together. And, yeah. and again, the loyalty part is really weird to me. It's like there's no uh, loyalty. The, left e-
2: the ego ego is a very 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 powerful thing. It is. It's, yeah. You
0: know what though, I have to say this though. I'm sp- I'm saying this as a 42 year old man. These guys were in the 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 their prime popularity. What in their twenties? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I I wasn't very. <laughs> I definitely wasn't very. Well, we high I high mean, is, is grounded in balance. We yeah. say
2: it all the time. If if this would have started if when we were twenty five, it wouldn't be where it's at today. And a lot, all of that has to do. It was, It wouldn't have to do with us being good or not good trainers, or even our experience, because most of us have had enough business experience under our belt. It's literally Egos. the ego. We would. You know, it's really easy when you're broke. And, or you're a rookie, right? You're just coming in and, you're, and we have this common goal to be great, to make lots of money, to be successful. Right. And then when you reach that goal, that's where things get like all crazy because it's like, we didn't think beyond that. When we were, we were so tunnel vision on winning. We were so tunnel vision on scaling this company. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think that we would have, there would have been any mishap between us if we we're 25 in the first couple of years while we were building. We would have had our heads down yeah. and like grinding. And then you
1: bills. start actualizing some of the success of it. That's yeah, right. That's, that's when, like and dicey. that's the
2: same thing goes for like these athletes. It's like when you're when you're when you're nobody. When you just get drafted, when you're early, it's like we all have this common goal. Then success happens. Then the money comes in, and now it's more than just that because you've reached that. And so now you have to look deeper yeah. within what sure. I want. And a lot of these guys don't realize. Oh wow, it really wasn't about winning. I want. The acknowledgement. I want to be known as the guy who built this. Mm-hmm. I want to be known as the the leader of the team. Like so. That's you when know that the stuff irony of that in. is as yeah. you
0: get. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but as I get older like way less That's way less not only is it less important I'd rather not I'd rather be I'd rather not well that's your wisdom yeah I'd rather be behind the scenes that's your your
2: wisdom going like you've seen what all that attention causes as I do too I I think all of us all of us are like I don't want to be that guy uh we talk all the time about man when are we going to build this thing big enough that we can fucking get away (laughs) walk away get behind so nobody has access to us because you see what happens to a lot of these people that that want that attention so bad it's like then they get it and they're like oh fuck this this is is not cool this is
0: one of the number one reasons why I think one of the worst things that could ever happen to a young kid is to get famous. That's got to be one of the worst things ever. Famous
2: or just a, a, a windfall of money, right? Like, yeah. just an but ungodly you're, you're, amount of
0: you money. Imagine you're 18, 19, and you got all these people fawning over you, telling you everything. I mean, imagine when you were 18, if everybody told oh. you that everything you said was great. Yeah. How how little you would have grown. You have nothing to keep you grounded and balanced, or anybody checking you on your bullshit. No, and
2: then- it's when too inevit- much power too early. Yeah, and then yeah.
0: inevitably, when you're not as popular, how crushing that would be when yeah. you're a kid and you grow up with that, and now- you know, you were a child star. Oh, you're so cute. You're so great. Oh, my God. And then you go through puberty. Oh, nobody pays attention to you anymore because you're going through the ugly stage, which happened to a lot of child star. And then they get on drugs and they get oh. they commit suicide. Yep. Oh. Not not cool, man. People think it's great, but no, nope, it doesn't work that way. Overrated. Hey, what's up, everybody? Look, one of the issues with eating a high protein diet, especially if you're trying to build, so you've increased your calories, digestive issues. It can really get in the way, cause a lot of inflammation and bloat. And stop you from getting to your goals. Well, one thing you could try are digestive enzymes. Digestive enzymes help you assimilate your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates more effectively. Help improve your digestion. But not any digestive enzymes. You want to go with a company that understands athletes. That's why we work with Masszymes. They make digestive enzymes for people like you. And of course, because you listen to Mind Pump. We got a discount for you, so if you're interested, head over to mindpumppartners.com. Click on Bio Optimizers, okay? That's the company that makes Masszymes. Click on that, and then use the code Mind Pump Ten, Mind Pump One Zero for ten
3: percent off your order. All right, here comes the rest of the show. First question is from Jamie Mendez PR. How can you progress using body weight training and still make gains?
0: This is actually a good question because I'd say the challenge with body weight resistance training is is, is exactly that. Like, how do you progressively load the, part. the body? How do I increase the resistance when my body weight is no longer sufficient? It's for the exercise. Right? It's only.
2: I think it's it's only a difficult question when you you think of it in the context of progressive overload is always adding more weight. Mm-hmm. There's many ways that you could progressively overload the body without, and we we did a whole episode, by the way, dedicated to this. I think it was like called like nine many, nine many different way, ways. to... I think it was like nine way nine different ways to progressively overload the body, something like that. Maybe Doug could look it up while we're talking. But that that's why this seems uh, like a difficult uh, problem. It's like, oh God, well, I can't. What am I going to do? Keep wearing sandbags? It's like you don't have to overload the body all the time with that. Here's one. Slow down. Slow yeah, down the tempo. Way down. Slow the tempo down, or incorporate isometrics. Do mm-hmm. do do. Slow down the tempo. Pause at the bottom and mm-hmm. hold for five seconds. Uh, increase the reps. Yep. At speed go something that's uh, explosive. Right. Like, so there's a lot of different ways that you can it overload the body. Change the
1: angle, get more gravitational forces working against you. That's right. Um, yeah, so you do have to get a bit creative, it seems, because it's not just like, um, just adding a load is going to go ahead and um, y- provide that, that type of uh, progressive overload. Mm-hmm. You have to get, you have to work with the other acute variables, the other factors there, tempo, um, you know, it, intensity with, um, you know, like holding in, like you mentioned, with the isometric training and with, um, you know, difficulty that way.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do want to, I, I want to add something else though. Cause I think that's part of it, but I don't think that's the main thing. Actually, I'm going to disagree a little bit. Uh, not that you guys are wrong or totally right, but I think the big one is that most people don't know more than the basic calisthenic exercise or bodyweight exercise. So people know push ups, pull ups, you know, sit ups, lunges, but they don't realize that like with a pair of rings, There's a whole bunch of very, very challenging, high tension, Mm -hmm. high resistance body weight exercises that you could do. Um, And there's just a whole bunch of them. So I would say like, okay, yes, there's there's your traditional exercises and yes, you could progress those. Like I could go from a body weight squat to like a pistol squat, for example, uh, which dramatically increases the load, right? I could do pushups, elevated, bring them all the way down to the floor, maybe even elevate my feet. Like that's one way to do it. But you grab a pair of rings, which are very inexpensive, or you could use just suspension you know, trainers, which are very similar. And now you've opened up a whole plethora of different yeah. exercises where you can really make the resistance high and advanced. I mean, look at- uh, Yeah, look
1: at gymnastics. Yes. I mean, that's probably your best example of how they figured out how to um, make the intensity, increase the intensity, and also, like, progress you into uh, moves that you couldn't achieve before. So, you know, now I can can do a muscle-up, you know, just from – uh, starting off, being able to do good pull-ups to where I could get, you know, my body up higher and higher, or get like, uh, you know, ring dips where I have to go super low, so I can work on all the transitions, mm-hmm. which then builds strength to then accomplish even new feats. So I I really think this is just a, it's an, a lack of understanding
2: how you can overload the body because I see this even forget body weight. This is a question that I think the average lifter gets, and their their answer always is a different machine or adding load all the time to yeah. it. But there's I mean, you could keep squat push up body body row or pull up and 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 manipulate that so many different That's ways true to keep overloading the body you only need to get creative you don't need to go do any crazy exercises you can incorporate like I was saying isometrics in there you can incorporate tempo you can incorporate plyometrics and explosiveness pausing you combine some of those variables like all I mean you could literally not mess with the handful of bodyweight exercises and just manipulate all those variables and continue to see results in the body and the reason why I think that's the problem is because I see this even with people that have the gym membership and have access to all the equipment, we always think that, oh, to get stronger, and you know, I gotta just keep adding weight to the bar. And that's not true.
0: Yeah, I mean, you make a really good point yeah. uh, because at some point, even with traditional free weights, the answer is not to add more weight, right? At some point, the risk versus rewards, you know, ratio starts to become a little bit not so great. Like when I was squatting 150 pounds for 10 reps, and that was a real intense set for me going up to 160 and then 170 like that's there's a lot of reward to risk right once you get up to for me at least once i got up to 350 400 or more i could add 10 more pounds if i'm stronger but now the risk versus reward ratio doesn't look the same now if my form's off a little bit which sometimes it is my chance of of injury goes up so now you know once you get to a certain level you're gonna have to That's right, look at materials. all you're gonna have to look at all these different things. Like, yeah. yeah, you could add 10 pounds to your 600 pound deadlift, but you might be better off slowing down, pausing, doing, you know, changing the way that you do the lift to make it more challenging. Here's something that really good lifters know how to do. They can take an exercise that they could do for 15 reps to failure, and they can fail at five reps mm-hmm. if they wanted to, just by changing the feel and the squeeze. Mm-hmm. I did this today. You know, doing pull-ups. I think if I go max out pull-ups and just rep them out, I can get close to twenty. But if I really stretch, really Make squeeze 10 it, hell hard,
1: yeah, you squeeze your body like yeah. super hard doing these, making like a more intense, like full-body tension yep. workout out of it. Yep. You, you can do a lot to these exercises.
0: Yeah, so you just got to get creative with some of that stuff. Isometrics is, is a big one. I tell you what, like especially if you have something that's immo- Im- like immovable, like if you have chains attached to the ground or something, and you're driving against that. Like the force you generate is the force you generate. You get stronger, you just generate more force. As long as the chains hold steady, you're progressively overloading every time you do a max effort with isometrics. And that's a very overlooked uh, part of resistance training. Nobody, you know, isometrics, I believe in the future is going to make a resurgence like everything old that's good yeah. does. And people are going to rediscover the value of it. And you need almost no equipment to do it. In fact, with intrinsic tension, you need no no equipment at all. But if you're more advanced, like I said, you could use something
3: immovable, which is requires so little space, and you get tremendous benefits. Next question is from Helen Ack. What are the pros and cons of using a lifting belt? Oh, good.
0: See, usually the question is, do I need one, or why should I use one or not? But yeah. I like this. Pros and cons. I do think there are pros and cons to a lifting belt. So the obvious one is, well, if you're going to compete in an event that allows you to use a, a lifting belt, you should train in one because there's a skill and technique to it, and you just want to get good at it. Um, but now let's talk about the pros and cons for the average lifter. One of the cons of lift of using a lifting belt is that it it's a different form of core stability or uh, I, to put it differently, it's a different muscle recruitment pattern with core stability with a belt. So when you wear a belt, you've got this external force or, or external thing around your waist and the way that your core develops uh, or creates stability with a belt as it pushes out against the belt and then that creates more stability. When you don't wear a belt, it's a little different. So it's, it's a lot of activation of the core in both of them. Because the argument used to be, oh, you wear a belt, you get less core activation. Not true. You get just as much core activation. It's different, though.
2: I mean, the argument you can make, though, Sal, is it's a lot different it's, I mean, it, it it's is. the complete opposite. Yeah. One of them, you're training to push the Based core out. Drawing in and embracing. The other one, you're, out.
0: yeah, you're teaching to draw, which are different skills. It's different skills. So that would be a con, right? Like, why would you want to get stronger in a way in the gym that you're not going to be able to really apply as much in everyday life? So there's one con. Now I'll give you a pro. The pro is it, it can allow you, because it does provide some more core stability you probably generate on your own, it does allow you to overload some really strong body parts, like legs, so like squats with the belt. You'll be able to add 10, 15, 20. Some people can add 30 more pounds when they know how to use a belt really well. Um, Deadlifts, you can use more weight so now you can overload the back a little bit more. Overhead press, for some people, it allows them to lift 10, 15 more pounds with their shoulders. So there's that argument there. So you know that would be, I guess, the two pros and cons. I will say this, I almost never had an everyday client use a belt, almost never, but also full disclosure, I use a belt. I use a belt when I squat and I deadlift. And that's just because I trained that way since I was a kid and I'm too lazy to train out of it.
1: Other than, yeah, competing. I mean, I have pretty much all cons, but um, in terms of, I was trying to think of that in terms of like breathing or like belly breathing. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have a belt on where it's advantageous to focus on pushing out and bracing and that, fashion. I don't know if that correlates, which I don't think it does. Like, I I can't think of a real life application without the belt where you're trying to, you know, promote that type of a mechanism. But, um, yeah, like for the most part, I just, I think it's good. Like, let's say in in a situation where you're really, uh, pressing yourself to kind of go beyond your, your natural limits, um, to acclimate to a belt and then start to build that type of strength and and support, uh, because it does, I mean, here's the thing when you have really heavy weight, uh, you don't want to have to be conscious of too many things at the same time. You want to kind of have that, uh, aid and support when Mm -hmm. it's, it's a competitive environment. So I I definitely see some benefit to that. Well,
2: another, another pro, uh, when you walk in wearing a belt, you look serious.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially if your name's on it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. Beast. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. If you you have a nickname
2: or your last name on the back of your belt, when you walk in, not many people think that it's your first time in the gym. So there definitely is a little bit of street cred that comes with carrying a belt Yeah, Yeah. Uh, as far as a pro. Honestly, I'm kind of like Sal. I don't use it as much as Sal does, um, but I have trained myself to use it. So I do like to pull it out every once in a while. Not very often though. Like I have to be chasing a PR or like really going heavy for the day for me to pull it out and just kind of see where I'm at. And the truth is uh, what I know now, uh, if I were to, if I was starting all over on my weightlifting journey knowing that I have no desire to be a power lifter and get into that category at all, I probably would never use one. I agree. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, I just, but I have used it enough times that I know how to use it. And so it's an advantage, right? So like I I can deadlift and squat and overhead press more weight with the belt than I can without. Yeah. So it's purely an ego thing. Sometimes I feel like getting in there and pushing more weight than I normally would push. And so I know I can strap the belt on and I know I can get an extra 3% to 5% out of my lift. And so I do it. But if I were to train A client, or train myself from from the base up again. I wouldn't use it because it doesn't have, to your point, Justin, it doesn't have any real application in the real world. And in fact, if anything, it could crutch you because you're used to pushing out on that. And if you were in the real world, bending over to pick the couch up or my son or do something, and I were to try and brace that way, uh, I could potentially hurt myself instead of bracing inward and supporting myself like you're supposed to.
1: Yeah. Now, I got to ask you uh, if this is still a thing. Uh, in the physique world in terms of wearing the belt as sort of a waist shaping with these yeah. trainers. Yes. Yep.
2: Yes. And it's part so it's of, still happening. It's part of the justification uh, for them to defend themselves when they get caught doing a tricep pushdown on the cable machine. Mm. So if you get if you catch a men's physique bodybuilder guy uh, doing tricep pushdowns or cable curls and they have the belt on you're almost certain that they're doing it with the intent of they have it sucked in really tight like a waist trainer, and they think they're shrinking their waist. Yeah. So I've seen
0: people wear weight belts on so seated dumb. machine exercises. Yeah. Like wow. well, it yeah. became wow. it became a
2: very. uh popular fashion statement in the last decade or so. It really, it wasn't that, I
0: don't remember it being that popular when we were first, like, lifting. You know who popularized it for a second? Mm. Uh, Charles Glass. Uh, he, by the way, one of the best bodybuilder trainers uh, ever, right? And and this is, this. I had to say that because there's a difference between a bodybuilder trainer and a, if you trained everyday average person. When you're training these highly developed, extreme, extremely gifted genetic, you know, anomalies who are on anabolic steroids and all that stuff, then sometimes this kind of stuff makes sense. It's an extreme sport. And that's what he did. He would put his athletes in a weight belt because remember the issue started happening in the 90s where bodybuilders would get so big they'd get that distended belly. Uh, and so yeah. he says that it, it helped. I don't know if it did or not, but that's kind of why it became popular and why you would see them wearing a belt when they did seated you know, bicep curls. And stuff like
2: that. The irony of that though is I would actually make the case that that probably made it worse because it again, like you said, in a train, you it trains the core to push out versus draw in. The vacuum maneuver yeah. and teaching uh, bodybuilders to do the vacuum yeah. more, I think would have tremendous value because sure. then you would be you naturally kind of hold your stomach in And a also bit more. you don't
0: you don't activate the core less by working out in the belt. You activate right. it the same amount, It's yeah. just activated different, different totally different. Yep. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Like for me, I started using it as a kid because I got introduced to it by powerlifters who taught me how to squat and they told me you got to wear a belt. So I did. And now years ago, I used to use uh, wrist straps a lot when I would work out all because bodybuilders did. So I read the magazine. So I did. It took me a year, maybe a year and a half to get my grip to catch up to my back strength. I had to go through this whole process, getting my hands stronger. Getting rid of the belt now would take me another year or two to really get, you know, comfortable. I just don't, I'm lazy to do it. This is why I still use it. And I have a very interesting relationship with a weight belt. It's become like my cape. You know, like I pull it out, it's the same one I've had forever. In fact, I gave the one I had when I was sixteen away to one of my clients because it was so tattered and beat up and did he, you start coming out
1: to like dramatic movie theme song
0: music? No. Like our friend. No, I'm not like Lane. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. no, but I had this belt forever and I gave it when I finally stopped training clients when we, you know, went full time with Mind Pump, I gave it to him as a gift and whatever. And I still have another one that I got when I was nineteen. It's the one I still the blue one I still use. So, I got this interesting thing with weight belts. But if I, I, what you said is so true. If I could go back in time, I would have never used it because there's no need.
2: Yeah. You're not going to be a powerlifter. Either either am I. I had no intentions to do that. And so then it really has no real reason
3: why you would want to train with it. Yeah. Next question is from corn on the cob 2733. How much protein powder should I supplement with? I weigh 240 pounds, so eating 240 grams of protein is very difficult each day.
0: Yeah, the short answer is as much protein powder as you need to make up the difference. Now, here's the long answer. I have experimented with this myself. I've done this with clients. Uh, for whatever reason, and I know people are going to argue with me, and they're going to pull up studies, and protein is protein, I have never gotten as good of results eating half of my protein from protein powder, even if all things were equal than if I got all my protein from food, I agree with that. So and you were really yeah I agree with that. meticulous I, about this. I
2: did a whole I did a whole time where or one show where I allowed myself to use bars and shakes as much as I wanted, even if it meant I had to you know even if I meant I had two bars and two shakes in a day to make up most of my protein, and then another time where I went all Whole Foods and I just. I felt better. I felt I looked better. I thought I leaned out better. All on the whole on the Whole Foods, it just it felt better. And yeah. I know that's just my experience with it. But I specifically tested it because I was curious. Mm-hmm. I really thought because I had already speculated on it. Like I'd seen, like my the, my body just didn't look the same. And when I whenever I'd hit my protein intake from all Whole Foods, I just seemed to build more muscle. It just felt better. And I don't know what it was. And exactly. you were controlling
0: calories and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Would you would you um, attribute that? more to the digestion differences I, what, I, or the like assimilation what
2: i would attribute it to is that i think it's the unknown still for us there's yep. still there's still yep. value in real food that we still we act like we know everything it's so funny sometimes how arrogant we are like with science right because we've come a long ways and we do know a lot yep. we know a lot more today than we did 50 and 100 years ago when it comes to nutrition but there's still a lot of things and just there's probably something in a whole piece of chicken or steak that i'm getting that is that is helping me out more than just some dehydrated powder that yeah. is you know condensed version of that where you know and they've and they've tried yeah. to fortify it to be as, yeah, la- as natural
1: much- pairings of like right. essential nutrients yeah. in there. Yes,
0: so it, you're 100% right Adam because we only know what we know. Right. So we can make something as perfect as we think we can make it based off of our current knowledge. It's like baby formula. Okay? 100%. There's a, yeah, another there's example like right there and that, yeah.
2: that's something very well studied that they've been there's a massive market there so you better believe there's a ton of fucking research to try and make baby formula to be just like breast milk. And
0: yet we still learn. And yet we still don't. Every every year, a new study comes out showing us something different or new about breast milk that we didn't know before. Same thing with food. Mm -hmm. We discover a new thing about food, this new compound, this new bioflavonoid, this new whatever that's in this particular food that does this thing uh, that we didn't know about before. So I agree with that. Now,
2: where science is amazing is... I, I did that show where I had you know four shakes and bars almost every day, making it up from stuff like that. I still look badass. I still got lean. Yeah. It still meant calorie-wise. like it's, It didn't throw off my tracking. So we've got it close enough that you're going to be okay. But, boy, I, there, it just seems to be better yeah. when I get it from Whole Foods. And I, I noticed that I could get away with maybe not hitting. So, for example, if um, – if, like let's say 240 is the number – and I got 200 grams of all whole food, and I, but I didn't get the other 40 grams. And then the, and then another example, I get 240, but 120 of it came from the protein powder. My body seems to have respond will respond better to a, even a little bit less protein, but coming from whole foods than overloading with the protein, but almost all of it coming yes. from powders now, and bars. here's the question and I can't explain it. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah.
0: Now here's the real question: Is are you better off missing by a big amount? Uh, and not supplementing with protein powder? No. no. I think that's why I use example
2: 200 and 240.
0: Yes. Because if I was, the, if you were like 150, yes. Yeah. So I, that's 100%. So I think the key with protein powder is this you have it and you have it and you use it when you miss your target. That's it. I personally, I used to tell clients and I still kind of stand by this is like one shake a day is probably okay. You know, like one shake, maybe have it when it's most, Needed and convenient tends to be post-workout because post-workout people in a hurry and I got to have the shake real quick or whatever. Personally, personally, shakes for me are always best at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I, you know, it's, oh, it's eight o'clock at night. I'm going to go to bed in a couple hours and I don't really feel like eating. So let me see. Oh, let me kind of loosely figure out my protein. Ooh, I'm, I'm off by like 80 grams. Let me throw a 60 gram shake or 50 gram shake in there. That's how I like Let's, to use it, and that's how I recommend that's it. That's how but I've used it. You will not, supplements still will not replace uh, whole natural foods. So the goal is to get as close as you can with whole natural foods. And whatever you miss, then you can use uh, supplemental protein. Powder. There's one
2: last thing I want to address on this question because we don't know. Um, we're assuming this person that's that's trying to hit 240. They're 240 pounds. We're not assuming that. We know that they tell us that. But where your body fat percentage makes a difference too on how detrimental missing the 240
0: mark. Yeah, is. if you're two, if you're trying to hit two, if you weigh 240 and you're 25 percent body fat. You 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 don't need to hit two forty. Right, you're you're okay if you're go off of your lean body mass. That's right. So
2: if but if this person is relatively lean. Say yeah. they're five percent body fat and they're two forty. Well, that's more than relative that's shredded. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, there's a big difference, right? I just yes. wanted to use an extreme analogy. That person, you want to be hitting two forty for sure, because yep. otherwise, you're not maximizing the full potential of, of building muscle. But if you are, you know, higher body fat percentage and your lean body mass is say only around one seventy, you know, one eighty. Well, then you're okay, falling closer to one ninety. Yeah. Now, 200.
0: The, now the next question. I know this isn't part of the question, but I'm sure people watching this are going to wonder. What's the best protein powder in that case? Which one should I take? It really doesn't matter unless your protein is low. If, if you're eating low, if there's a low amount of protein in your diet, then the protein type makes a bigger difference. Animal proteins are, are better than plant proteins generally. But if your protein intakes high, it really doesn't make that big of a difference. We're really, literally splitting hair. So you can get your protein from plant sources, animal sources, whey,
3: eggs. It's all good. As long as it's high, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Next question is from the entity known as Manny. What are your opinions on stretching before and after workouts? You know what? I'm going to talk about the after workout. Okay?
0: So static stretching. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about static stretching. That's when you hold a stretch for a long period of time. It's that traditional type of stretching. It's what most, I guess, the average person will think about when you say stretching. Post-workout, especially when your your muscle is pumped, there's some evidence. Actually, there's a decent amount of evidence that deep stretching induces muscle hypertrophy. Now, the hypertrophy that you get, it's a bit of a short uh, gain. So you'll see this immediate gain and then it kind of plateaus. Nonetheless, I've experimented with this where I'll work a body part and then I'll do a really deep stretch of that same body part at the end of the workout when it's really pumped. And I do notice some beneficial effects. So I'll start with that. I think post-workout stretch, and you're not so worried about the CNS at that point, you know, making a muscle maybe disengage a little bit. Who cares? You're done with your workout. Mm-hmm. Um, static stretching post workout, especially in the muscle that's been worked and pumped and warm, it's actually kind of cool. It's an advanced technique. Give it a shot.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that stretching in general is fantastic I just think that it's applied incorrectly yeah um, you know we used to say uh, you know stretch with purpose right so if you're gonna don't just stretch to stretch and I think that I think stretching has been um, promoted for so long as it's you know oh it's so beneficial so you should stretch all the time and I think there was this idea that you should definitely stretch before you go in and work out and it's been applied incorrectly when you hold a stretch and I'm speaking specifically to static stretching, which is the most common way of stretching, which the average person is is used to seeing. So if you hold a stretch for 30 seconds and beyond, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you could be stretching anything and then you go into an active workout not a good idea. You've basically relaxed those muscles, relaxed that body, and then you're going to go call upon it to do something either explosive or heavy, and that's just not smart, dangerous. Not a good idea. Doing something more like mobility, that where you're or an active stretch where the, they're are short holds, and you're basically just kind of you know warming the the muscle up, right, pumping blood and fluid into there to get it warmed up and prepared or get better connected. That's a great way to start uh, your workouts, and then post. I agree with what you're saying, Sal. Incredible to stretch post, incredible to stretch throughout the day, the rest of the day too. Yeah. There's nothing wrong when you're watching TV, get down and, you know, in the pigeon or in a 90-90 and do a nice hold and stretch. I think that's phenomenal for you. But before you go into a workout, uh, you're not wanting to send the signal to the body to relax. You want you want to be active and alert and ready to go. And when you static stretch before you go into a workout, that's exactly the signal you're sending to the body. Yeah, I mean,
1: would you guys really do a static stretch anymore before a workout? Uh, never I've, never right no. I mean unless there was like some serious serious limitation yep. uh, that was was limiting you uh, from even being able to to do these types of movements and, and, and get into positions. Uh, but other than that, I mean you the whole intent good point of uh, you know working out and adding load is to to create tension. Uh, and then I see it more as like uh, in post uh, to then relax the entire system and, and, and be in that state.
2: And even if I were to static stretch to like get a muscle to get out of the way so I can do something else, for example. It's usually
0: like, for correctional exercise. I would right, say, right. So like, OK, so
2: but even then I would do something dynamic or active afterwards to kind of, for example, OK, like someone trying to stretch their chest out, right? Or warm their chest up before like a bench press, but their shoulders are so tight and pulled forward. Like maybe you would do this static stretch on the anterior delt to kind of relax the shoulders a little bit so you can then do this kind open of- Open you up, yeah. Yeah, open you up so then you can do this kind of dynamic warm up for the chest, but then I would still do something dynamic to- to reactivate the shoulder. So I get them to relax, right. so I can get into a deep stretch on the chest.
1: And now you still need but support, I, yes. so it's not just, yeah, passive. So I yes, would n- I never really just agree. do a pure yeah. static stretch by
2: I, itself. I think
0: a better example would be, I would do this with clients sometimes. There, there was so tight in the front of their body that they couldn't do a proper row because literally yep. it kept their shoulders forward. So then I would do a static stretch of the chest, which would just get it out of the way, and then we could do a better row. And since the chest is not involved in the row... All right it wasn't really that big of a deal. So to to kind of break this down a little more, here's what happens when you do a a static stretch. The reason why you improve the flexibility in that short term, when you hold a stretch, by the way, your muscles don't get any longer and they don't become more pliable. Like if you warm rubber up or something like that's not what happens. What happens is you're sending a a signal to the, the master of muscle contractions, which is your central nervous system. And the signal is saying, Hey, it's cool you can relax a little bit, bit, stop keeping this muscle so tight. That's why when you hold a stretch, you find like, oh my God, I can go move a little forward. Oh, I got a little bit more range of motion because the CNS is literally starting to relax. One more part of that. Okay. And this is actually, this came to me today because I was taking Doug through some stretches this morning while he was working out. If your goal is to do a static stretch to increase range, you know, that, that range of motion, let's say at the end of a workout, you have to relax and breathe through the stretch because if you keep mm-hmm. your face tense and tight and you're trying to hold, you're sending a conflicting signal to the central nervous system. You're saying, relax the muscle, but my, wait a minute, the rest of me is saying, keep everything tight because I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. So, And I learned this in yoga. I remember I doing a yin yoga class. And
1: you got to breathe through it.
0: Yeah, and, and there was like tensing and the lady comes over and she goes, start breathing, relax. She's like, your body's not going to loosen up if you're, and I'm like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I just kind of sat in it and opened up a little bit and it it totally worked. But yeah, pre-workout, dynamic stretching, mobility work, priming, post workout static stretching and I think that's kind of the yeah, winning maybe foam rolling. the winning formula. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any fitness or health goal. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So Justin is at Mind Pump Justin, I'm at Mind Pump Sal, and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam.
3: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic, Maps Performance, and Maps Aesthetic.